morning. <laughs> Not quite. So this morning, oh yeah, cool. I want to talk to you about God works things for the good. A daughter was telling her mother how everything was going wrong. I'm failing algebra. My boyfriend just broke up with me and my best friend is moving away, she wailed. Her mum listened patiently and then asked, I made a cake for dinner. Would you like a snack? The girl grinned and said, Sure, mum, I love your cake. The mum smiled and asked, How about some cooking oil? The daughter looked surprised at the offer and responded with a loud yuck. The mum tried again, How about about a couple of raw eggs? With a look of confusion, the daughter said, Gross, mum. With a smile, the mother offered, Would you like some flour or a teaspoon of baking soda? The daughter responded, Mum, all those things are gross. The mother cut a piece of cake and placed it on a plate with a fork. As she handed the delicious snack to her daughter, she explained, Honey, all of these things seem bad when you think about eating them alone, but when they are put together in the right way, they make a delicious cake. In a way, life can be like this. Different stages of our life can be gross on their own, just like the ingredients of a cake. Sometimes we may wonder why God allows us to go through such difficult times and whether God will be faithful to bring us through them. But when God puts those hard things in our lives together, as only he can, they work out for the good. We are likely to not see this straight away, but if we trust him and love him through it, it, then we will look back and see how God's mighty hand is woven beautifully in our lives. So sometimes life can feel like this. So God... I have a plan for your life and what it feels like. The Holy Spirit's so excited and we're freaking out. (laughs) So in 2018, we started to look for our first home. So we got approval from the bank and they said how much we can borrow. Um, And it was such an exciting time. Um, when when, When I was younger, all I wanted to do was travel and go on mission trips. But when we had our first child, Ariana, I suddenly changed. And even though I still had that desire for missions, my heart was to own a home and have that um, stability for our child. And then we had two more after that. So we were looking for a house and all we had to do was sort out our finances to get pre-approval and then we were on our way. But then all of a sudden, April, um, Jeffett's dad passed away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, things had turned around. We were grieving his loss while trying to work out how we were going to get to the Philippines. I knew I had to put my dream of um, buying a house aside for a while. There were quite a few obstacles we had to get through in order to get to the Philippines. So the first obstacle was that Jeffett's passport had expired and we also needed to get passports for Sienna and Jariah. So... (laughs) So Jaffer still has a Filipino passport, so he had to get um, to ring the Filipino embassy in order to get an extension. And the Filipino embassy is in Wellington. So at first they said that they're not sure if they can help out, which 
we kind of was like, oh my goodness, if they can't help us, it means we can't go. So um, Jeff had got off the phone to them. They said they'll call back and let us know. So we started praying and believing that God would get us there because, you know, this was such an important time to be with the family. They eventually rung him back and said that they will approve his um, passport, uh, extension for his passport, as long as he came to Wellington right then. So he had to drop everything. It was one o'clock in the afternoon and drive all the way to Wellington. So I was left with the kids and I needed to get their passport sorted. So I took them to get their passport photos, and, um, which was quite difficult with a one and a two year old trying to get them to sit still for the photo. So that took a while. And then I got the paperwork and um, mum looked after the kids and I went off to Brenda's to get her to help me with the rest of the forms. And thankfully I didn't have the distraction of having the kids there, otherwise it would have never happened. <laughs> I remember looking at the clock and it was 10 to 5. And I hadn't even, I had nearly finished but not quite and I thought, oh, I'm not going to make it, I might as well stop, I'll just give up and I'll try again tomorrow. But because it was, we needed to get the passports quickly, otherwise we couldn't get over there in time. So um, thankfully Brenda was there to encourage me and I continued and I arrived at the passport uh, post shop at 4.59, one minute to spare. Thankfully they didn't stop me from coming in, they let me through and I was the last customer of the day. God had helped us come overcome another hurdle. <coughs> the third obstacle was that we had just lowered our credit card limit in order to buy a house because um, the more credit, credit limit you have, the less they'll let you borrow. So we needed to borrow thousands to get to the Philippines. So I, um, Jeff had rang and explained the situation and asked him to extend um, how much we could borrow and they said no based on our income. He even explained that we had a car to sell but the guy had no compassion and it was an outright refusal. <laughs> so he got off the phone and I was quite shocked that it was a no but I said let's pray and so we prayed and I told him I'll ring back and you know, we'll pray for the right person to answer that will have compassion and understand that we'll be able to pay back that um, extra debt in time. And so I rang and a nice lady answered, praise the Lord. <laughs> she had compassion for what was happening and understood that um, even though you know, the income wasn't great, that we had the car to sell. And so she um, extended the credit card limit for us. And praise God, we knew that without him, that wouldn't have happened. So another um, hurdle had, he had got us through. The fourth obstacle, this was actually the easiest thing, was booking the tickets. Um, so finally something was easy and we were able to book them and get them sorted. But the hard part was travelling with three little kids. Um, it was a struggle, um, especially having a baby and a toddler. They constantly wanted me. I remember on the aeroplane they both wanted to sit on my lap, you know, wanting mummy. And poor Jaffet had to put up with one of them screaming on his lap. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was, it was a challenge with the little, having little kids through that time that we were in the Philippines. There were a lot of adjustments for them and cold showers that they screamed through and other things that they had to adjust. But, um, you know, God was good to us and 
when we go over next time eventually. Um, I'm looking forward to it because the kids will be that bit bigger and we'll be able to enjoy our trip a lot more. So the fifth obstacle, we were given our portion of the hospital and funeral costs by the, by the family. In the Philippines, you help pay for the funeral costs and the hospitals there are not free, they're very expensive. So we were given our portion. So I said to Jaffa, I do not want to take that debt with us home because it will mean another six months of, at least, of paying off a debt, which means another six months plus what we owe so over a year of not being able to buy a home. So I said to him, let's just buy food, which is cheap over there, and nothing else. And that was a little bit of a sacrifice because, you know, there's a lot of nice things and I've, we've got three beautiful kids that I would have loved to have spoil over there um, and buy them different things from what we can get in New Zealand. But we had to sacrifice um, and the family understood that as well, which was good. So we didn't buy anything that whole trip, except the essentials, which was food. When we got home, we stuck to a strict budget and sold the car quickly to my nephew, which was awesome, and cleared the rest of our debt over five or six months. God blessed us and we were given um, some money as well, which really helped us. When we were ready to buy, we put in a few offers, but people were offering 20 to 30,000 at least above what we were able to offer. Um, the houses had gone up a lot, even in that time. So God knew our heart's desire. He knew that you know we had that desire to build, uh, to own a home. So a house was came up for sale, and it was privately listed. We went to the open home that day and put in an offer, um, which eventually got accepted once the builder's report came through, and there was a bit of negotiating. So praise God, we got a house. I was so grateful to God. So we moved in in December and I remember waking up often and during the night for quite a few weeks just thanking God for his goodness and blessing us with um, a home that we could finally call our own. It was an easy process, but God worked it out for the good. Okay, so Romans 8:28, And we know that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So what can we learn from this verse? Firstly, to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that God will work out things for the good to those who call themselves Christians or attend church. Those things are definitely important though. But it says that he'll work things out to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Have you committed your life to Jesus and do you genuinely love him? This verse clearly states that he works for the good to those who love him who have been called. Being called according to his purpose shows the importance of committing your life to him and following his plan for your life. It means seeking his guidance and not, what, and not doing what you want or what you think is best and then wondering why things don't work out. If we do, then we can really make a mess of things. We can't blame God if things don't work out when we haven't even bothered to seek his guidance or follow his plans. We need to remember that God is working for his purpose, not our purpose. This means at times things will work out differently from what we expect. 
Isaiah 55, 8-9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. His purposes are from an eternal perspective. God is not limited. The important thing is trusting God even when there will be times that we do not understand. He sees the whole picture. The other important part of this is that we love him. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. For some, loving the Father has been challenging because of the abuse they suffered from their own fathers. So, time, so sometimes a process of healing needs to take place. I believe that our love for God will grow as we spend time with him, not from a religious perspective, but from a relational one. As we read his word and are open to him speaking to us, it is amazing what we will experience and the revelation that he will give us. Nothing in this world compares to God's presence. If you struggle to hear his voice, then ask him to help you. And remember, he will never contradict his word. So if you are hearing something that contradicts his word or takes it out of context, then it's not God speaking. It can also help to do a course or a study on hearing God's voice and, of course, get prayer. So if we want God to work things for the good in our lives, then we need to love him, commit our lives to him, and follow his direction. Secondly, God works all things for good, but it doesn't mean everything will be good. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Wow, what a promise. We can take heart because God has overcome the world. It is so easy to get discouraged. We are constantly bombarded, especially in our minds. Unfortunately, God didn't promise us an easy and carefree life, which would have been nice. In fact, he said we will have trouble. So how do we get through these troubling times of life? Um, by trusting God, loving him, seeking his comfort and his guidance. Life can be heartbreaking at times, but praise God he cares for each one of us and wants the best for us. There is a saying that goes, when you can't control what is happening around you, challenge yourself to control the way in which you respond. And the best way to respond is by going to the Lord. So, be like a flower. Survive the rain, but use it to grow. We have many examples in the Bible of faithful men and women whose lives are a testimony of how God works for the good. No one knew as much suffering as Job. His story is found in the book of, the, of Job in the Bible, if you would like to read about it more. He literally lost everything, including his health. His own wife told him to curse God and die, but I love how he replied to his wife. Job 2, 9-10. His wife said to him, 
Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. What stands out to me is that Job knew that bad things can happen to good people. He didn't blame God. Instead, he trusted him with what was going on. His affliction was great, but his faith did not waver. In the end, God blessed him in abundance for his faithfulness, and his story is now famous. Queen Esther also experienced hard times when the lives of her own people were threatened, and she was the one in position to save them. She approached the king, not knowing whether he would extend his scepter and show favour to her. She knew if he didn't, then she would lose her life. Thankfully, the king did show her favour, and that step of boldness she took resulting, resulted in saving the lives of her people. God worked it out for good. Both of these amazing men, man, um, both of these amazing men and women of God had to trust that God would somehow work things for good. It doesn't mean they understood why these things were happening or why God had allowed it, but they held on to their faith and love for God. We get to hear the end of the story, but they didn't know how things were going to work out. At the time they were in their storm, they didn't know that what was going to happen in the end. We too can trust to God to get us through the storm, knowing that he sees the end result. Thirdly, to make us more like his son, Jesus. Romans 8:29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the likeness of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God's purpose is to bring us into a relationship with himself and once we know him, to make us more like his son Jesus. So let's look at a few characteristics of Jesus. Jesus is compassionate. He never looked away from people and often reached out to those others had rejected. He is a servant. He had the authority to make people serve him, but instead he served people. He is loving. He took the ultimate price and died because he loves us. He is prayerful. He always found time to pray, even when he was busy. He is patient. He had self-control. He was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. He is humble and he is forgiving. As he, as he was dying on the cross, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. This is just a few of the many qualities of Jesus, and I'm sure each of us can see that we are not perfect in, any, in some of these areas or all of them. But thankfully, God doesn't expect perfection. He just asks us to be willing to work with him and allowing him to change us so that we ref reflect the qualities of Jesus in our own lives. When I look back on who I used to be, I remember how low my self-esteem was, and these were reflected because of the thoughts I chose to think about myself. When I was 19, I went to Bible college and God began a deep work in my heart. He began to show me who I was in him 
and that my confidence can come from knowing who he is and from being confident in who he's made me. Even though I'm not perfect, God showed me that I'm um, loved by him and made by him. And it's completely changed the way I saw myself. And so my thinking began to change too. You may be able to look back and see how God has changed you and see the um, journey that God's brought you through. And if you don't feel like that you've changed, if you don't feel like you have changed, then maybe it's time to surrender to God the things that have been holding you back and allow him to work in your life. You won't regret it. So God will work things for the good if we love him and have committed our lives to him. This is his promise that we need to hold on to. It doesn't mean everything will always be good. There will be hard times, but God will use them to make us more like his son Jesus if we are willing. So I love, I've always loved footprints in the sand um, ever since I was young and I heard it for the first time. So it goes, One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with the Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest parts, times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never ever during your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I'd like to leave you with 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't imagine what will happen in our lives, and some of it will be bad. But we can trust that God is in control and that he will work all things for the good. 